The following content was made as part of celebrations for 25 years of Demon Media and originally aired on Sunday the 25th of July 2021. So happy 25 years Demon Media and here's to 25 more. And now on with the show. Enjoy. I think an important point to make on this call especially is the difference in terms of there's that element of sort of not not selling I'm not going to say selling your soul to the devil they can obviously edit that out but <laughs> what what we had and was a huge amount of freedom right and we were not running necessarily in parallel with the university whereas what they've done is obviously become an integral part of a university life to the point where people go to de Montfort because of demon which is in itself crazy but you know it's massively a positive thing that's happened i'm, gonna, I'm, I'm starting it with this where did those jingles come from they arrived in a bag didn't they <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> that was a thing hang on here we go another one okay. this is uh, now this is a thing uh, I should really start this properly, shouldn't I? This is Demon, uh, the founding fathers, the, the people who started the station in 1995, here we go, in presenter mode. And uh, it's so brilliant to have so many people here that were there at the very beginning. And Rob, you were re referred to the other day as the big dog of Demon, which I think is a lovely thought. That's um, scary. It's scary, but it's true. And it's one of those bizarre things where we talk about 1995, 96, really, but um, we all sort of merged into different years because obviously some people left and some people were staying and everything. I'm going to quickly go around. I'm going to go to my left. I'm going to start with Mr. Bound. Do you want to say hello quickly? Hi. Hello. Well, it's great to Introduce be here. Introduce yourselves. <laughs> um, should, we do what, what, um, should we do what shows we did in the first license? Is that what you want? I that, think that's that's a uh, John. That's a, that's why you were um, more important than I was. So yeah. Okay. Um, so my name is Jonathan Bowne, and I was lucky enough to do the indie show on a Tuesday night um, on Demon FM's first license, which meant that I missed loads of loads of great bands playing at the Union, which is kind of irony. <laughs> I forgot you did the indie show, um, Belinda. <laughs> you Hi. Yeah. I yeah. My name's Belinda. Uh, now Lou was Hanks at the time. I was the first executive officer of the radio, which basically meant I was Rob's right-hand woman. And I got to kind of uh, audition and pick a lot of the shows that were on. Um, I personally, which was amazing, I did the, I did a Blue Note show on a Wednesday because I'm a huge fan of blues. So for me, you know, it was a pilgrimage of joy, basically. I basically sat there for two hours and, explain to people how blues had influenced every genre of music through time. <laughs> Just played all the tracks that I wanted. I don't know if anyone <laughs> listened to it, but um, <laughs> that's an, but yeah, it was, I was more, more involved in the kind of uh, planning and, and creation and overseeing of it and trying to kick people out of the studio at the end of the night. Kathy. <laughs> uh, uh, Hello, I'm Kathy. I was um, involved at the beginning of Demon FM and I had the great pleasure of presenting a show called Lunchtime Love, which took place on a Sunday afternoon and was basically an opportunity for everyone to ring in and dish the dirt on what had happened the night before. Mm. Really classy. 
<laughs> it was it was and good fun, you know and I quite enjoyed having other people come and co-present with me and take it in turns to play all of our favorite cheesy tunes oddly I never phoned in um you can go because you you are the bridging gap between 1996 and the future yeah, I think because I was doing High Spirits and then I was doing stuff with Angus as well when we were doing uh, Pan we were doing Pandora's Box. So I got I got pulled in from a different angle completely because uh, you needed someone that was different, a new angle to bring a, a broader image. I don't know why, but I was brought in. I did the night on Sundays uh, and that was I think it was called Curious Yellow. And then as we progressed, uh, we did a, a, our own Goodbye Cruel World show. And that was on a Saturday before the night took place. So we had people like uh, Azito de Base play for us, uh, Lee Haslam and all sorts. And we were, we were doing those kind of things. We had our show. Then we did Rockstar as well. So I was looking enough to move from a Sunday to a Friday to a Saturday. Uh, and then we did Lounge One with Rockstar as well. We had like Space Cowboy come in. In fact, nearly every act we had either someone come in and do like a show and then would make out that we're different people. It was very silly. We made out we're different people. We had John Beckley being Pete Thong. Uh, we had phone-ins from people talking about miles away, uh, talking about travel as well and just playing different music from breaks, drum and bass to ambience. And then my final stint, again, I was, br I was brought back each time. Again... I, I don't know why, but it worked. Uh, and we did the a live show with a guy called uh, Tony, uh, who was doing like visuals. So we were blacking out the whole studio and doing a live feed from the studio with visuals all around the walls uh, and going out on a live stream. Uh, and that was called Toxic Orange. And that was like, I think that was 2005. I think that might have been the last time I did anything on Demon. But really, it was the, it was the chance of being on the radio because that, I did other radio shows from there uh, um, with different around the country and stuff. And it really helped with what I did for my future work, which Chris knows about. In the end, I went from doing High Spirits. We went on to then do, I was like touring with people, did like V99 with Colin Thompson. Uh, and we ended up doing um, the, all the V festivals, the Plimpton Eclipse, and then got given a chance to manage club brands and then became the exclusive manager for Cream, uh, for Gate Crasher, Cafe Mambo, Fierce Angel, and and looking after DJs like Danny Howard and all those kind of guys through a company called Fesh uh, Artist Management, and I was freelance with them with the club brands. So I was really lucky. And also from there, I did other radio shows when people said, weren't you on Demon? Which was like really quite bizarre. Uh, and so Demon opened different doors in different ways. And that's why I feel I was lucky to be involved with that radio show and being given the chance to move on uh, from there and do different genres. I mean, we had Natural Born Chillers, but the Fescanova guys come over. Uh, so it was really interesting. And uh, it was bizarre when I was managing brands, you'd be in some, I don't know, South American, some would say Demon FM. Oh my God, really? Well, yeah, yeah, because obviously before that I was I was DJing around, but they obviously knew my past because the DJs that I was working with at one point were like Alistair Whitehead, K Class and all those guys. And so they obviously knew my knew me from 94, 95 and going through the years of how I progressed. And that's why I became their manager. So they knew about it and you know, people like to talk and do their thing. So Demon had far more reaching aspects than I think maybe some of you guys actually see uh and i talk about the old days about the old 
the metal can and being the studio being stolen one night by by a forklift truck, you know, it, all those things and all those memories, uh, you know, uh, speak to Angus every now and then, and it's it's nice. And when Chris rang me today, I was like, wow, which faces haven't I seen for so long? So yeah, it's an absolute pleasure and honour to be here. There you go. See, uh, and uh, there's a there's a lesson in all of this to anybody who's uh, starting at, at now and wants to actually be part of Demon. Um, you might even be found out in Brazil. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the, the person that, that's not been introduced yet is the person who whose bonkers idea this was in the first place. And you have the privilege, Rob, uh, of introducing yourself, but also uh, introducing the first song from this crazy hour. Well, the first song was, and I got it out of my record collection earlier today and brought it out. Here it is. <laughs> Public Enemy, Don't Believe the Hype. And I picked that record <laughs> basically because, well, for two reasons, actually. The main reason was it was my favourite record. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'll set up a radio station, might as well play Public Enemy. The other reason was it had this great lyric in it talking about not being played on the radio. So I thought, why not? Let's play it. <laughs> Addy, how are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. It's really good to see everyone. Uh, Addy, Tom... goodness me. <laughs> <laughs> You've not recognised me, Mark. Yes, it's I. Yeah. No, it's, you've, you've only come on the screen. I've not seen you for so long. I only came back to less than 2016. I don't, I don't even know where you live, but it's good to see you. Good to see you all. Uh, yeah, it's great. Great to be invited. So I was a resident DJ at the Union, Student Union, so it was a kind of a bit of a natural transition to get into Demon. Thanks, Belinda. Um, I, I, I wasn't really good at talking, as you can tell now. Um, so I tended to do the late-night DJ sessions where you didn't have to talk, you just did a mix for an hour or two. But I did progress, uh, guested on a few people's shows. Thanks again, Belinda. Then me and Darren and Dave Chambers did a Friday afternoon show called Dad in the Afternoon, which was just quite a laugh for the three of us who were all DJs. All a bit nervous about chatting, so we all just played and helped each other out. And um, that was that was I, I that was where I really got into enjoying it because I was like working collaborating with people and it was um, good fun but essentially I was there to play tunes of a wide wide number of genres really which, uh, which, we'll, which we'll come into in a minute because we're all gonna have to pick a song to play Lloydie so uh, how are you I'm good I'm all right yeah I'm fine hello everyone so nice to see everyone's faces to be honest it's uh you too Lloydie I'm tired <laughs> who was that is that you Addy yeah right yeah um I I think I did a whole, I did a few things, um, to be honest, nothing, nothing too spectacular. I think I started off on a Sunday evening. I can't remember. I'm, I'm sure I did it after someone's doing a, the, the poet show with um, Dean. Yeah. Um, and I did some sort of like just high energy stuff. And I remember John being my kind of like producer and he lasted like stayed in the stayed in the studio for like five minutes and gone. Yeah, here you go. And I was literally bricking. I think it's the second week of the of the of the license. I was completely bricking. I had no idea what was going on. A lot of, I mean, don't get me wrong, I loved it. I love music and you know, I've been loving music since, since the year dot. So for me, it was just a, a chance to just play the stuff that I love playing, whether it's commercial stuff or whether it's dance music or, or whatever. I generally loved it. I then did a few new shows. Um, I remember once, I think it was either John or, or Rob briefing me because we had the housing person in. 
and uh, I had to I had to basically grill them. And to be perfectly honest, I like grilling people. That you know, <laughs> I, remember, I can't remember the exact question, but I, I heard cheers in the background when I when I kind of put put this uh, housing person on the spot. So clearly, I was kind of hitting the mark there. Um, and obviously, with with Chris as well, doing a breakfast show and a weekend breakfast show, which is I'm not really a breakfast person, but it was actually great fun because at the time I was. Um, looking after the men's and women's football team. So I, I guess in some respects, I had a bit of a crowd listening in. So literally, I think it was from 10 till 12. And literally after 12, I'd just have to run run over to Welford Road and then coach the men and the women's football team. So it was actually quite nice because you had people from the night before doing um, at the union, whatever the whatever the, the, the night was the, at the union at the time, people listening in, people phoning in. And it was actually quite good to having that sort of rapport. And that's kind of like almost carried on to the stuff that I do in terms of work, where having that rapport with people, which really kind of like helps me really. And that's kind of like started at the radio stage in some respects. So yeah, yeah. Great I, I love presenting with you, great. Yes. We were completely the wrong two people to put together by the way, Brenda, but just, you know, just saying that, you know, him and his sports, me and my camp music, I mean, it was just all over the shop. But, um, I think, was that 95 or 96? I can't, I can't it's just in 90, it was the second licence, yeah. It's not an official complaint, Chris. It is, it, it is. Can I just see it now? <laughs> about my scheduling. Just, just saying. I think what happened, very quickly, I think what happened was that I got back from an island man trip with, with, the, with the university, and that was a bit of a riot because we got kicked out of our hotel. And um, I'd missed the point where people were, like, volunteering. And I got back, I think, Sunday, Sunday night, and I, and I think I phoned up and there was no more places. I was like, oh, gutted. And I think Belinda then called me up and says, oh, there's a space for the breakfast show. You and Chris are like, you all right with that? I says, yeah, cool, whatever. And to be honest, <laughs> it, it, it went down really well. The, it did, it did. Yeah. Either ends of the spectrum, but it seemed to, it seemed to go pretty, pretty well, so yeah. It did. Uh, right, I'm going to go to um, Simon Grandage. I can't believe that I ever presented anything, Chris, if I'm honest. <laughs> 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 but never Rob gave me a, gave me a, an hour a week, and I can't believe that all of you can remember when your shows were. When you were. I can't remember. No, I can't. So I think Rob gave me like I, I, if he could have given me less than an hour, he would have done. But he gave me an hour, I think, um, and I called it No Miss Jazz, and it's great that Emma's on screen because Emma was the doyenne of all things jazz. And I was just this kind of amateur kid that came in and um, cocked up and, and played a bit of acid jazz, really, Chris. But but also, um, I mean, collectively, there weren't many of us, in fairness, were there? So, I mean, I got the film show. I mean, I don't even like going to the cinema much. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, remember, I remember Rob Rob said to me in the student union, um, there's only one show left, and it's a film show. And it's sponsored by Odeon. So can you do that one? I was like, yeah, all right, fine. I was like, it took hours, hours of time. I mean, like sitting in the Odeon <laughs> cinema, like at ten o'clock in the morning, watching films I didn't want to see, like Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> and because I had to. So um, the fact that you've got a jazz program, I think, is quite impressive, really. Uh, uh, Emma Marston, hello there, you. Hello, you. How are hello. you doing? I'm all right, actually. I'm just so a bit overwhelmed, actually, looking at everybody's faces. And some of you I haven't seen for years and you all look marvellous. And I'm also a bit, uh, I had to join the dots a bit. You know, when people are saying what they do, I'm like, oh, did you do that? 
that. <laughs> Sorry, my memory has gone more. Yeah, I think. I mean, Simon, great. You were doing the Acid Jazz Show. Apparently I did the jazz show, which actually I do remember that. I did the jazz show on a Sunday night, which I, got, I don't think anybody listened to. And God knows why I... Um, was doing that at the time I absolutely loved jazz I had this big record collection and I would bore people to death by reading off the back of the record sleeve like oh in 1922 <laughs> um <laughs> and I think went to sleep <laughs> it was kind of like a Sunday night uh show but I was very grateful because I loved it and a bit like UB I was really excited to be able to play that music and how wonderful to have an hour to myself or I don't even know if it was an hour maybe more who knows I remember at times you'd come in Chris which is very nice of you I was like oh you're, you're listening are you or just come in and say hi I don't know just make sure you're okay um, yeah <laughs> I'm like, you okay young <laughs> and then the other show which a bit like Simon, I couldn't remember until you sent round the schedule. So I have, I am cheating because I actually didn't know. I knew I did the Dial of Pizza show. <laughs> yeah. I loved doing, I loved doing that show. But in this license, I think it was only once a week, but I think it went up to sort of every day eventually. But oh my God, that was sponsored by Domino's. And I just had another collection of dance tracks, like my whole, all my dance records I played on Dial of Pizza. So um, that was great. And also you could win a pizza at the end of it. Well, actually it was this meal of I don't know, how many pizzas, like 35 pizzas. Or I mean, it was unbelievable. And uh, the phone, do you remember the phone in the studio had that like neon blue? Because it would obviously not be able to ring, but the light would flash. So he knew it was ringing. It would like be going off the hook. All these hungry students desperate for a pizza. So always, I don't always, know. always fresh, never frozen. I think you'll always find. Always fresh, you see? You remember it like me. Honestly, that is completely ingrained in my memory. Always fresh, never frozen. And even when I go to Domino's now, <laughs> that pops up. Oh, my God. Emma, there was a brilliant moment where you, um, it, as we say, because obviously all of this journey is every sort of slightly in, in, in weird chronological order, but also people were leaving and joining, um, is <laughs> you? I was in the office with John uh, and you were on air and you actually said, can somebody please come to the studio and help me? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I did. I actually, I was, a, I was one of the, like an octopus, you know, I was trying to sort of, I mean, look, it wasn't a great show. I'm not pretending that I was a good presenter or anything. I was just trying to just play records and then also trying to set, get this pizza sort of, you know, whatever, somebody to win it. And the, the phone just kept ringing and I couldn't answer the, because I was on my own, you know, answer the phone. <laughs> think about what I'm going to say next which obviously didn't take very long <laughs> and then I'd play another track and so in the end I just plead cried for help you know just <laughs> crying into the records help me and then some random total random came into the studio well the studio which is like an iron box which had that massive door do you remember the door that made this massive sound when you opened it like clank which is not good for a studio is it? that's like really bad anyway so it was like clank and this randomer came in brilliant she was like hello i'm here to help you was that you chris in disguise <laughs> was that the only listener you guys were just calling up weren't you you're just having a laugh we should go into the we should go into the mechanics of the studio right because we need to paint a picture blinda I'm going to ask you now, um, you must have a favourite song from your time at Demon. What would it be? And would you like yes. to introduce it to Demon FM, please? Yes. This is what I would call um, a standout track. 
and something that brings back loads of memories from time gone by and a track that I think never gets tired. Um, Addy, I am absolutely sure that you played this for me first, but then you played a lot of tracks for me first, so that's probably a given. Um, when you hear it, it's so distinctive and unforgettable. It's got this beautiful, trancy feel to it, but it's also got like this gloriously kind of dreamy, almost soft at the same time. And I love the Balearic kind of acoustic guitar part in the intro, the gentle kind of bubbling of synths, and, and, it's, and it's just got this euphoric piano riff. Um, and if you haven't already guessed, I'm talking about Robert Miles's children. But it's just so beautiful and it's so simple. And I think when you heard it at the time, you just knew you just it was just a total instant like love it. Um, but also something I didn't know about Miles um, well, when he wrote it, he wrote it as like a calming piece of music to be the last record played at the end of the night. And that was because in, in Italy, there'd been this trend of deaths caused by clubbers who were driving home after a long night out. And so this, this was, he was trying to help people chill out after a big night of like these fast paced tracks. It's definitely a demon playlist essential, but what I would also say is that it's an anthem of the ages and I just love it. Why on earth did you decide to start a student radio station, Rob? Well, that's a very good question, isn't it? Um, Which 25 years of people are trying to answer? I've been trying to figure it out myself today, actually. Uh, I think really what it was, was that I was finishing my degree and I didn't know what to do. That was the main reason, it's purely selfish. I suddenly had this idea in the middle of the night, came to me, I woke up and I'd written it down on a piece of paper, student radio. I decided to try and get elected in, in the student union to make it happen. Um, and actually I'd just like to briefly just talk I know this is probably boring for everyone, but key to that moment really is my friend Simon Grandage, because without him, I don't think it would have happened really, because at the time, the student union and the university were not that keen, let's put it that way. So we couldn't really get uh, a room to broadcast from the university and the union wouldn't give us a room. I did manage to blag a meeting with the vice chancellor had to put on my best shirt, didn't have a tie. And I think he gave us a thousand quid. And I don't know why, but he did. We bought all the equipment with that, but they wouldn't give us a room. So that is why we ended up having this porter cabin because the student union refused to give us a space. Quite rightly, who can blame them? Why would they want all these, all these people in 24 hours a day being probably a massive pain in the ass. So we just decided to hire, and Simon was instrumental in helping me with that, just hire a, a box, putting it outside. And that was step one. So we had the equipment, we had the box. What we didn't really have then was an engineer. So does everyone remember Norman? Norman. No, I don't know where we got, I was trying to remember where we got Norman from. Can anyone remember? No. No, he was, he was crazy. He was he was an interesting character. Let's put it that way. I think he'd done some pirate radio. He was brilliant because he knew exactly what to do. All the bits I had no idea about the technical stuff. But the best story I've got about Norman is that when when we the, the student union wouldn't allow us to put an antennae on the roof of the building, and obviously we didn't have we couldn't put it on the um, port cabin. So me and Norman decided on a Sunday to just get a ladder and climb on the roof of the student union and put it up ourselves. 
And then we got into a lot of trouble. Do you remember this, Simon? I remember that. <laughs> got into a lot of trouble with the student union because they wanted to know who put it up and how it was put up. And we just said we didn't know. We had no idea how it got up there. <laughs> and that was the thing that allowed us basically to, you know, broadcast, I suppose. But uh, also, special, special shout out really to Belinda and to Chris and to John, who were three key people right at the beginning, who, and Emma as well, actually, who just, you know, put in so much time and effort. It was, it was like an impossible task, really, to try and pull off with really small number of people. And my, my main memory of them, that first license, was trying to find people to do the next slot. So there would be <laughs> gaps yeah. in the schedule and I would be, and it taught me a lot about sales actually. I had to persuade people that had never wanted to ever think about going on the radio that it's a good idea and it will be great for your CV and you, you know, your, your, and all these other things I was just making up. One distinction that's really important to make is um, also because Porter Cabin loved to get legal. It wasn't a porter cabin. We we keep saying porter cabin. Oh, it was a shipping was a, container. It was a shipping Sorry. container. Was this a was shipping a shipping container. container. So so zero um, ventilation. Yeah. No windows. Oh, a metal sounds... crate which was essentially yeah. lined in wood. It was a sweat box. Yeah. At times a hot box, and it was <laughs> yeah it was incredibly rudimentary. And I remember um, Norman, who was like this. Yeah, he just descended from somewhere and he was kind of the guardian angel of putting radio stations together. We had this cart machine and a rack on the wall, which he said had come from the original um, Radio Caroline pirate ship. Yeah. Um, so it felt like we kind of had the, the, the radio gods on our side. Yeah. Can I just, can I just put in? I think I thought that's why, partly why you played Public Enemy as well as your first, um, first record on Demon FM, because... We were public enemy within the student union, weren't we? Yeah, there was a bit of that, but that's a bit personal to me and you, Simon. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we were not well liked, um, Simon and I. We were both in the student union on a team of like, I don't know, was it maybe about 10 people that were in the student union? And um, we just tended to do the opposite of everyone else. And we bonded over the fact that um, we would back each other up and Simon always managed brilliant brilliant in a meeting if you ever need someone in a meeting get Simon in he could turn it around so by the end of the meeting they were all nodding and agreeing going yeah actually I think we should have student radio <laughs> the, the other thing as well about the um not porter cabin shipping container which was an also a brilliant back story with the student union was that we I think Simon Lyde did this we pointed out to them that the shipping container was actually illegal and a health hazard, and that's why we needed to upgrade it because it had no windows and no fire escape. So, and then we were like, well, what should we do? And then <laughs> that's when they kindly get what got us the upgraded one, I think, in 96, wasn't it? I think. It was. Couldn't allow it. Yeah. They suddenly decided they were liable. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember how you said to us, there were a few of us, weren't there? I don't know how many of us yeah. were here. That was a lot of us. Part of these union <laughs> reps. I was the city executive. I didn't even know what that meant. You had to get voted into the. Yeah, that's right. We had to get that's votes. A so we... idea, Rob. Honestly, I still so, to this day think that was unbelievable. So, 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 so any time we wanted to get uh, like money off the union or permission to do something, obviously student union politics, it has to go to a vote, right? So 
that's that's essentially what happened was we we all individually kind of yeah. went for different positions um and obviously did, did a great job representing those positions of course took it very yeah. very seriously yeah, we did. um but yeah whenever it came to the vote it was like oh wow suddenly there's a room full of uh, full of allies which is amazing and i think that's where we we sort of managed to pull together to make um what first off was belinda's role wasn't it because we were like okay we don't have enough pairs of hands we need to get some more funding and help from the union so we create we all voted all put our hands up and said yeah we think there should be a radio exec and um that was a big stepping stone in getting established wasn't it belinda yeah, it was huge. I, I think I think the campaign, because I think John and I were, I don't know if we were the only ones who ran for it, but um, I think it brought a lot of attention to the radio as well and a lot of support yeah. from the union and everyone, it, it kind of created a little bit of buzz around it, didn't it? So it was, well, you know, we actually had to kind of, you know, stand up and make a speech and run a, run a some sort of campaign, which is hilarious, really. But um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was necessary, wasn't it? Because as you say, um, you were fighting the fight for us, you know, behind closed doors, really, in the in the union, and, and you needed support. So I'd kind of forgotten about all that, but now hearing you talk about it, I do remember just trying to help you as much as I could because I could see how stressful that situation was. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you do you all remember those of you who, who who were in that meeting, the very first meeting in the Bowling Green, where? Yes, I do remember that. I was trying to place when that was, Chris. When was that? So whenever you got elected or thereabouts, so that was yeah. in, in the April-ish time. April, of 19, before we went live we went in October. Yeah. Uh, and I was about to quit university because I didn't like it anymore. And my mum said, um, I'll just stick around till Easter. And then you got elected and it said, if you want to start a student radio station, come and come to this pub. And I was really stressed and scared about going to a pub with some people I didn't know. <laughs> and um, walked into a room and there you all were sat in that window. And um, we came up with that word, Demon FM, and we, uh, you said, right, okay, well, that's the name sorted. So then how are we going to make this happen? Uh, and, and, and to me personally, my career has changed massively because of that, going to that meeting with you guys. And it was just one of those bizarre things, you know, like a sliding doors moment. But it was, um, it literally changed my entire life because I would have just gone back to, live in North Wales and work in Woolworths and where would I be now? I think you're right. I think even for people that didn't go into radio, it, it certainly gave people a lot of confidence uh, yeah. and gave people a lot of self-belief. It showed that you could achieve things against the odds. It created relationships which, you know, have, have endured to this day, 25 years on. And yeah, I think, I mean, certainly from my point of view, De Montfort was a pretty, uh, at that point, it, the experience was pretty lacklustre. And I'd been to other universities that had student radio stations. And I, I was so envious. I, I used to spend a lot of time at UEA and they had a really good uh, radio station, Livewire. And I was so, so envious of, of the fact that it was so established and it, it was actually a thing. So when Rob piped up and said he was going to launch a radio station, I was like, oh my God, this is actually the thing that's going to make university worth being at, um, almost more so than my course. It was It was a changing moment for me as well in terms of, university I mean I loved my course um but I I was doing media and politics and but I wanted to be a journalist I wanted to go into you know media and the experience of you know that creative meeting of minds meeting all you guys working with you and making something happen from the ground up was just it gave me so much confidence going forward in my career I, I'm not sure 
I'm not sure I would have had that if we hadn't have done it. Um, I think it's quite remarkable, isn't it, that none of us knew what the hell we were doing. Um, <laughs> we had a little bit of local radio experience, I know, um, and, and Rob did, and I had done a bit of it, um, but literally changed what we were doing into a completely different experience. It was just remarkable, really. So, uh, John Bam, would you like to do favourite track from Demon you'd like to introduce? Yeah, this track, um, it really, really feels like it's of a time um, and it's endured quite well, unlike most of his other stuff. Um, so Stephen Jones, AKA Baby Bird, was kind of came out of nowhere, kind of a mouthy dude from Sheffield. Um, Rob and I went to see him at one point, I think at Leicester University, and it was a really, really good show. Um, but this is um, Y-O-U-R-E-G-O-R-G-E-O-U-S, as he says at the start, and this is your gorgeous. I remember you guys, because obviously I wasn't a student. And so I remember your faces for, for different reasons. I mean, I think that's something that you've got to look on as well, that Demon actually brought in all different realms of music when the university was growing. Uh, that's something that I think you should mention in, in this story because there was a few of us that weren't actually students, me being one of them. Uh, and I was looking to be a part of your gang. And I was still doing a show, I was just telling Chris earlier, up until 2005, when mm. I was doing live visual events and stuff. So... For me, it was like a really nice springboard to do radio as as an outsider coming into the university. And uh, it was really nice to be welcomed by everybody. It really, really was. So it's nice to see some familiar faces I've not seen for a long time. <laughs> you know, when we went to, to Montfort, as was, the student union, the, the arena, was one of the top gig venues in the country. And obviously there isn't a gig venue within really within the the university campus now oh, the, rumor, the rumor was john sorry to interrupt that it had yeah. the longest student bar in the country yeah <laughs> yeah so not only not only great for drinking but great for gigging and seriously it was like every week there was a really really great band playing um who did we see? Let's, go, let's, let's do a bit of a roll call who did we see who can remember seeing like that kind of i remember pulp coming on and john yeah. was wearing the same shirt i was wearing yeah primal <laughs> store I saw Blur there on the Park Life tour. That was really good. Prodigy, prodigy. I think I even I, I actually saw. Um, who did I see there? Sonic Youth, but that might have just been before it got redone. I don't remember, but Sonic Youth played there, uh, and that was amazing. They had some really good people there. Yeah, amazing. Nice. I'm trying almost to think. Every week, almost every week there was someone, wasn't there? And then you had the Charlotte, way. and you had the Charlotte down the road, which I presumably yeah. isn't there anymore either. You had Radiohead playing there before they really broke through. You had Oasis playing there before they really broke through. There was literally, there was just such a, a brilliant live music scene in Leicester. And I, I don't know how many gigs you get or not at the moment. You don't really get. And also, the other thing I'd like to just pick up on now as well on that is that because it was the 90s and we had that big dance music explosion, the club nights as well were brilliant in Leicester. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I like 2001, you had Luxor. Uh, where else? Yeah. Daddy, you, you can reel them off. I mean, what you had with the dance music scene is it reached the suburbs, and realistically, Leicester was a was a suburb, but it felt like for a lot of people, and I'd shame Stevie Steve Clark's not here because I used to go rave him all the time. Yes. And um, there's a night called Splendid, and it, oh, goodbye, cruel yeah. world. That was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, amazing, amazing. Splendid. I ended up getting on stage with Shovel doing his little uh, thing. I don't know why. I, yeah, I don't. Know, I don't know why, but it happened. Um, but it, it it 
it's it just changed the face of how I felt towards towards dance music because it, everyone just it, it, it encapsulated everything I that I loved about dance music. Everyone just having a good time. That's that moment at four or five o'clock in, o'clock in the morning where people were still big smiles on their faces, not because of anything illegal, clearly not, clearly not. <laughs> it was such an amazing feeling, honestly. But, it, but you're right, the contrast between dance music, live music, and Leicester was a, was a hotbed of all that. And it was, mm. it was- but, it, but it was varying as well. I remember one night going up to Leicester University, a few of have mentioned Leicester University, and um, me and Rob watching um, Lloyd Cole downstairs at Leicester University. So it was quite varied. It wasn't just dance music or pop or charts. It was Yeah, yeah. There was everything. It was a good it was the centre of the earth. So there was one definitely in the student union. I think I was with Simon, I might be wrong. And we yeah. were standing at the bar thinking we were like, you know, centre of the attention. And then in walked Mark Morrison with his entourage in the student union. And we we just couldn't stop. And then I think, uh, I think, I can't remember who was DJing then. I don't think it was you, Eddie. It might have been, was it, who was it? Was it Connor, maybe? Colm, Colm. Colm, Colm. He put it on. But then Rob, Rob's, Rob's the only friend I have that's taller than me. And I'm, because I'm six foot five and, and Rob's considerably taller than me. And Mark Morrison's not that tall. No, he's not. He's short. But he is the self-proclaimed King of Leicester. Yeah, and he was there coming into what we deemed as our, our, our arena. So we were like, whatever. North, didn't you, didn't you chuck him out of a party once? I mean, I mean, oh, I did. hang on. So yeah, right. I <laughs> I were you at the same parties as I was? Yes, I did throw him out of a party. <laughs> and, and it's possibly the, 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 probably the most butchest things I've ever done. Uh, <laughs> uh, because um, we... We were in this house party somewhere, random, um, near the Narb, and um, he and his entourage of group of people walked in, and they were really annoying. They just barged into this party. It was really annoying, and it wasn't like wasn't even my party, and I was a bit annoyed by it. And he kept switching the lights on and off in the, <laughs> <laughs> the same party. Hang on, keep going. And um, and so I had to say to him, "Excuse me, can you just leave, please? Because it's really irritating me." And he was like, <laughs> like "What?" I mean, and he just kept putting the lights. I was like, really irritating. Can you just leave, please? Uh, this is when I was in 95, 96, and I was probably feeling a bit cocky. Uh, and um, threw him out of the party, him and his entourage. And then on the Thursday, he appeared on number one, Top of the Pops. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I realised who he was. Lloydie, you must have a favourite song from your time at Demon. And are you going to introduce a Demon FM track for us, please? When we did that show, the breakfast show on a, on a Sunday... Uh, Mixmag brought out a, a top, I think a top 20 of the all-time greatest dance records. And uh, as a consequence, this record actually got re-released. So Alison Limerick, Where Love Lives, got re-released. Now that's my number one favourite record of, 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 of all time. I've had so many different memories, especially in the Beef and various things like that. But that wasn't the one we're, we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention because this other record also got re-released during the time that the station was 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 was, was out and broadcasting during the license, so Olives, you're not alone. Originally came out, I think maybe in ninety, maybe ninety four, ninety five, and then I think I, I'm not I'm not holding any sort of responsibility for playing it, but it got played. I played it a lot, and a number of obviously clearly a number of DJs also played it a lot as well. And subsequently, it got re released and it went to number one, which I was quite proud. So I think at the same time, people in the area. Didn't really know much about the record when it when it first came out, and I think it then had a, a Paul Oakenfold remix. And me and Dave Mellon actually went to 
Leicester Uni to inter interview Oakenfold, which was a bit of a bit of a, an honour for me. So that record itself has lots of uh, great mem memories. That and and where love lives. So yeah. The weirdest moment for me, well, the one that I can maybe repeat. Yeah, it was when we interviewed the Lighthouse family because Paul, it's uh, Lighthouse family is Paul Tucker and Tundi. I can't pronounce his second name. Sorry, but Paul had been was really quite drunk when I got to the studio. So that was kind of quite, it was just quite a weird moment because I, I don't think I quite knew what to do with it, but. Didn't, um, didn't we have to, Big, didn't we have to go to the, to the Holiday Inn on the roundabout with them? Oh, yes, you're right, yeah. <coughs> um, didn't he have, hadn't one, I mean, allegedly, hadn't one of them had maybe a half a bottle at least of something on he stage? Was on, he was doing it on the stage, yeah, he was. He was in it and, um, and we'd all seen him kind of do it. Yeah, he was, it, yeah, he obviously had a problem at the time. I don't know if he still, I'm sure he still hasn't, but, um, but yeah, there was, there was a lot of tension between them. They weren't happy, they weren't as one. <laughs> they weren't yeah. happy with each other at all. Did you um, take him into the old studio, the first studio, Belinda, to interview Yeah, him? yeah, the they method, did. Really? Yeah, they did. They came up. I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't know if they came in the afternoon or after the show now, because because it's a bit of a fuzzy. It's 25 years ago, isn't it? Let's face it. <laughs> now, now Chris has mentioned it. I do. I do remember something about the Holiday Inn. But yeah, it was all a bit. It was all a bit weird. Um, I mean, there's loads of little things that happen, but it's all. I mean, I, I don't know about the rest of you, but I, I. There's a lot of things I can't remember. I think I've just taken the joy with me. And all the great moments. And I can't, and, and there were some kind of weird moments, I'm sure, but a lot of that was to do with like dead, dead air time. And as Emma mentioned before, you know, being in the studio, not having anyone to answer the phone and stuff like that. Nothing like weird, weird. One of the great things about having a really small space, if there are any great things about having a really small space, is at the end of each license, we would cram everybody that had been involved in the license into the studio. Um, yeah. And there's still some great pictures now, which, you know, which really, yeah. really kind of, sort of bring that moment back but it was just a really great way to um it was pretty it's sort of anarchic and as much as yeah. I think you probably have one person trying to present and about 30 people crammed into a box behind them as they were trying to sort of get some links together and count down the last hour but it kind of yeah. had that new year's eve vibe to it and it was kind mm -hmm. of a big release because everybody had actually mm -hmm. we've managed to pull this thing off somehow and I think certainly that first license being squeezed into that little brown box. Yeah, it really felt like it wasn't a weird moment, but it was a, certainly a great moment. Do you remember the iconic moment where the original group of people had that photograph when we had the bottle of champagne with Rob and yeah, yeah. we stood outside and, and that was really it, wasn't it? It was just ours. It was just our yeah. group of people and we, was we that, were there. Was that the last, because like, that was when... Our John first was license. It was yeah. The, no, it was I, the, it was the last night of the first license, I think. Yeah. yeah. Because that's when we all crammed in the studio, as you say, and Rob played Mannix, yeah. Design for Life. We were all sort of swaying, and probably somebody was smoking, because that's what you were allowed to do. And then I think then, yeah, we must have been outside. We must have gone outside. Somebody poured a pint over my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who it was. Was it you, Steve? Tom? Oh, I'm, I'm not happy about that photo because I'm not I on know it. I've probably so. got form, but that You're wasn't not on me. it. You, I think you might have take, been taking it, Simon. Simon, you did. <laughs> Simon, I, I know for a fact, my, I did a history degree. I can remember history really well. You did take the picture because you didn't want to be in a picture. So uh, <laughs> oh, uh, there you go. The we can get you Photoshopped in, though. 
I mean, it's fine. We can do anything my, now. My um, flatmate at the time, David Marley, who some of you know, says hi, by the way. He, he um, oh. One of my, sto- not in the studio, but it just reminded me, uh, a demon-related story to do with him was he borrowed his mum's car when we first started broadcasting. And we went, we decided, there was literally a dial in my um, in my office that you could turn up to, to like extend the range that, it was broadcasting on yeah, yeah. I mean, legally we were only allowed to go a certain dark amount in the a dark mile and a half. <laughs> something like that wasn't it like a mile and a half so. anyway we turned it up and then we got in the car and we drove around leicester and out of leicester and we got to the m1 and it was still going and we were just in fits of laughter because how far it was we turned it up to probably illegally <laughs> and and then sadly we um we were so uh, <laughs> taken with it that we um crashed the car Owen <laughs> <laughs> Marston, uh, we'd like to introduce your track for Demon. Um, you've got yeah. years of radio experience, so I trust you on this one. So, um, it was obviously all over the radio in the first licence, and I was a massive fan of dance, and I was just starved. I was basically starved of nightlife, because I grew up in North Devon. Rob knows about that because me and Rob grew up in North Devon and there was zero nightlife and if there was I wasn't old enough to experience it and so I tried out dance tracks at these (laughs) young farmer discos and I cleared the floor with the kind of rave stuff that I loved and this sound was so exciting and I knew it was there it was in my grasp and so when I got to De Montfort I was living the city life that I had wanted with these amazing sounds coming from the city and I know for some of you, you were like, oh, my course was okay. But honestly, I was in heaven. I was like in a city, I had nightlife, there were parties. I could go and see gigs. Honestly, I was just in my, in my element. So this track is um, Insomnia by Faithless, which has just got better with age. Honestly, I hear it now and it gives me goosebumps. It gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. Um, I'm such an old raver. I ended up working at Radio One with all the dance uh, DJs at the time. And it just takes me back to that time. It takes me back to the start of Demon and that exciting time when I'd uh, joined the city from the country. Honestly, now I still hear it and it just I just love it. So it is my all time favorite dance track. We used yeah. to play this game called the Far Cough game. And yeah, it was- I remember that. <laughs> And it was all about seeing how far you could, how far away you could get while listening to Demon. And then you'd have to I phone actually, the station and do a fuck off. I, I don't that. Phoned the, I, I phoned in for that once when I was in Leicester, but pretended I was in Sheffield. <laughs> Why do I not remember that? I that was great. It, like... it, was, it was second only to the flatulence phone in. <laughs> I, I don't remember that either. Yeah, I, I used to give away a tin of beans to the winner. <laughs> Oh my god! I think that, that was that was production in its finest form. Yeah, I mean the really interesting thing about that first period because there wasn't any rules at all, and like there wasn't really anyone in charge. Let's be honest. I tried. Uh, I tried. Yeah, Linda tried. Uh, um, what was good about that was there was so many really creative things came out of that, and yeah. I, one of my main memories of that particular time was just tuning into some of the late night DJ stuff and just thinking, this is really cool, cutting edge stuff. Yeah. Really good DJs. And like, you know, as Addy said earlier, like not really that fast, fast about talking, but just like amazing mixing and amazing DJs. 
something else is that it really it brought people together in a way that you know i i, I mean i i've never been able to to mix two records and you know i don't have much knowledge when it comes to dance music but what was great is it because it was such a family people mm. were really really open to i remember and i can't even remember who it was but a couple of the nighttime djs trying to teach me to mix on one occasion it was yeah just, yeah horrendously embarrassing but it was just really good because it was just a real melting pot of different types of musical tastes and passions it really was do you know what's interesting everyone's talking about inclusivity at the moment and diversity and equity and actually when we started that's exactly what demon fm was like everybody was so different and everybody bought so much a melting pot as you said john like totally hit hit the nail on the head there and i just think i'm so proud of that um, I, I think you know one of my lasting memories was the was the DJs at the end of the night as well. But I think that's because I had to close the, the station. It was me who was left <laughs> at the end of the night trying to get them out because <laughs> they didn't want to go because they were just enjoying it so much yeah, and they were in the really, zone, yeah, yeah, in the zone and they were so innovative and they were playing such great tunes and were, it was such an amazing time uh, for music as we've as we've discussed earlier on in in the podcast. But it's it it really those those late night dj shows were just brilliant because i think a lot of people listened to those when they got back from the pub or got back from a club and they were still listening to it and um and and the guys you know uh, who would who were doing those spots were really at the forefront of of those tunes and they knew what was coming they knew what was out they knew the best tunes and they were they were the ones they were actually i mean addy i know you're on the call there's other like dave as well there's other people who aren't on the call but you were playing stuff that we'd never heard before. And mm. that was incredible. We, you were pioneers, really, in a way, in yeah, musically. I was just asking Belinda if she had to look up every night. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I made her look up. It was me. I was just, <laughs> I wanted to be out. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mind, really. I was just like, at least it was only a month. If it had been longer than a month, the licence, I might have minded. <laughs> Delegation at its best. You're absolutely right. And it, and it was one of those things where we... It, created a ripple effect and it carried on for a long long time all the way through uh, to the community radio station they had Go i think one thing that's worth thinking about without and i don't want to age us and i'm sorry to everybody on on this call but there was no there was no youtube there was no spotify there were no ipods um the internet was relatively kind of in its infancy there was no six music there, there were pirate radio stations admittedly but if you wanted to find out about new music there weren't that many avenues so if you if you weren't going to clubs and stuff the fact that we had people on the station that were playing new stuff was just absolutely invaluable right we didn't know what we were doing but we put together uh rob and belinda did put together a, a, an eclectic mix of people um i'd never heard bangra before and i, I mean i was sitting there do you remember i mean i was like i, I, I come from north wales i mean that's the first time i'd ever heard it you know but yeah. we didn't we didn't care we didn't worry about it it was just it was just brilliant music and and that yeah. went across all the spectrums and it opened my eyes to dance and uh, indie obviously but it was just one of those things where uh, yeah. you're absolutely right we had the confidence in the people who were going to do the shows to just do the shows as best as they could and, and I think that's incredible um, for you guys to put that faith in some people. I mean, putting a person on who just doesn't know anything about films as an example, but it was allowing everybody to be able to bleed that music stuff through. Um, and I just think that's fantastic. I learned so much 
in my music landscape from being part of DEMA for those um, licenses. So well done, you guys. Simon, no, miss, tell me, what song would you play now if you could play on Demon FM? Of all the shows, and I agree with what everyone said, that, you know, we were, in that first licence, we were dropping in and doing the odd hour because no one had turned up or whatever. And it was a great time to be at Demonford as well because there were so many great bands that played at the Union over, those, over that year. I mean, what a year. So Pulp were there and Mannix and Orbital and... It was just unbelievable, the, the bands that Angus managed to attract to the Union. But the one song, that I, one track I can remember opening a show to, which I would love to be my, my chosen track, is um, Boney M, Night Flight to Venus. Uh, all you guys talk about the chaos and it was difficult and the, all everything else. Uh, for me, as an outsider coming in, I got brought in 96. It may have been a bit chaotic for you guys, but really, I think... You, you, you did really well, and it felt a part. When I came in, uh, it, I felt a part of someone and a group that are actually working really well together. You may have had legs moving under the water, but uh, when I first came in, it felt it felt organised and right. And when yeah. you guys said something, it it, it was done. So yeah. uh, I know you're saying to everyone, people will see this, all the chaos and blah blah blah. In fact, what you're really thinking is it may have been chaotic, but you guys, all from different areas and genres, came together and made a show and, and a station that really worked. And if, for me to come in, it felt like you'd, you'd already sorted it. So uh, hearing these stories about the chaos and everything else is all new to me. For me, I thought you, you guys came together and did a really damn fine job and it felt professional. Do you remember the second licence when we ended up in the, in, in the new cabin? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Rob, which, uh, which one? The one that went missing? No, 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 no that's still there. Uh, the, 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 one with the, wind, the one with the window and the carpet. Uh, and, oh, and, yes. uh, sorry, Chris, I was just going to say, Belinda, do you remember our decks getting stolen as well? Yeah. That happened twice. Yeah. I remember. Was that in the first license or I can't remember? I thought that was in the first license, but I might be wrong. But I, I thought we got them back. I thought... Yeah, we I did. Know. I think someone felt guilty. We ended up... Yeah. They gave them back. Yeah, so it happened again in, what, 96 or 90... Yeah, 96, 97. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Whole, inside the, job. The, the, the inside job. Job, yeah. it wasn't me. So, so going, <laughs> going back to um, Belinda, I remember Belinda saying to me one night um, when she'd finished being um, executive officer for radio, um, she said, here are the keys to the station. You can lock up now. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then about... You know, in the next license, uh, license three and four, when John and I were there, and I get, we get a phone call at the end of the license, and they say, "Can you come in, into the studios? Uh, can can you come to the university?" And um, and somebody had had made a, a, a copy of the key and and taken everything from the studio. Yeah, stripped it bare. Ooh. Wow, stripped it bare. Everything. And North was in the paper with a very sad face, but that's for the next episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so we're, we're blurring our, our, our lines. Um, yeah, but, you know, it, it did happen. Can somebody say what they've taken from being a demon into their life afterwards? What, what is it that you, you always remember that you would tell somebody else? Um, well, I kind of think I've touched on it a little bit, but I'll, I'll, I'll repeat myself. Things have gotten a little blurry, and I can't remember the details necessarily of demon, but... I do remember that I wanted to be part of something bigger than me. And I remember that we had no idea what it entailed, but that I had this had this need to be part of it and invested in it and live it. Um, and I suppose what I take from it is just 
I just feel, I literally feel joy from it because I had the chance to work with all of you guys and be part of something that was bigger than myself. And, and I'm, I don't mean that to be vague and unspecific, but it really just was this, because it was the first one, it was a moment in time and I don't think you can ever replicate it because it, 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 it was, it did have all the kinks. We were paving the way, you know, a lot of us didn't know what we were doing. And, um, and as we touched on at the beginning, um, it gave us a lot of confidence. You know, we were, Rob was a trailblazer and we all just kind of followed him. <laughs> we followed his lead, him and Simon, you know, we just kind of followed them. So that's what I take away from it. Just confidence and joy and great memories. Well, I think B, you just said it, honestly. I think that I remember clearly it was just so exciting to be a part of something that was new and fresh. And I think that ultimately, we I know we didn't know what we were doing, but I get the impression that we sort of did, but we kind of didn't. You know, it's like that feeling of like, oh, we're just going to do it. But that confidence that we had to do it in the first place meant that we sort of knew what might work or might, what might not. I agree, Rob. Thanks for literally, honestly, I came to De Montfort because we went to see a primal screen before um, before I came to De Montfort and, and I saw it. I saw them. I don't know where it was. We went to see them and I was like, right, that's it. I'm coming to De Montfort. <laughs> so I came to De Montfort and honestly, then Demon FM happened and obviously we'd worked in like radio together, but on a very sort of tiny scale. Um, and suddenly it was this, I mean, honestly, it was so fresh and exciting. And I just remember you had this clear vision and you just brought everybody with you. And we were like, okay, yeah, cool. And obviously Simon was there, you know, Chris and all these, and John and all these people are really organized and on it. And I think all of us pretty much are like that, aren't we? We're all doers and we're like, right, let's just do it. And we had massive passion, huge passion for music, for radio. Um, I think I've taken from it that acceptance that came from the group. You know, that the fact that we all came in, I had some weird clothes that I wore, but nobody ever said anything about it. <laughs> I look back at pictures. Oh my God. But I, I, but I, I loved your sunflower and I loved your Blue Peter badge. Yeah, the Blue Peter badge. I went oh, clubbing. Yeah. I'd go out clubbing with a Blue Peter badge. Oh, tragic. Cringe. Um, anyway, everybody was like, po poke it. Oh, Blue Peter. And then I've got now, I've still got it. It's like literally there's no boat left because the amount of people that would sort of push it. I think, yeah, it was just that supportive feeling. We were all in it together and we were just like a cog of a bigger thing. Uh, uh, hang on, we've got another guest joining us. Um, you'd be pleased to be. Oh, oh, look at this. Fashionably late, of course. See, who is that? Is it Clarky? Yeah. Nah. Right, whilst, whilst, whilst he turns up, whilst he turns up, Abby, what's, what's the song you're going to play on Demon FM? It's considered a bit of a classic, I suppose. Uh, it's seminal. I loved the band from before. No, I liked the band from before I got to Leicester. And then when I was at Leicester, I absolutely adored them. And I think the song is like, everyone generally knows it and it's quite high up in best ever song lists, but I think it's worthy. And I just used to cane it a lot wherever I'd play. So on the radio, it would get, it would get played if I could. Um, as soon as I brought my own records, I could. It doesn't, I can't really do it justice, but like Massive Attack, Unfinished Sympathy, really. Like Emma was saying, it kind of, you hear it and go, yeah, that's still brilliant. It gets better, it gets better. So that's my track, Massive Attack. Yeah, and actually, just to add a little note to that, which is not, I didn't know that that was, you were going to pick that, Addy, but that was actually the second track that was played on Demon FM because I was, 
I was trying to decide what my favourite record was, and it was between those two. So in the end, I just decided to play that one second, but it was very close. That's a great choice to be dilemma to be on, Rob. There, probably <laughs> a massive attack. Amazing, amazing. Uh, can we introduce another person who's joined our little group, Stevie C? How are you? Wake up, Steve. Hey, big up, boy. <laughs> Long time no see, bro. Absolutely, man. How are you? I know it looks like I'm in a desert island or something. I'm yeah, I was going to say, where, where are you? you on, are you on Love Island or something? It's on a desert island in his garden. Yeah, buzzing. No, no. I'm, I'm at the in-laws' house having a barbie, and I've just sneaked away to the garden. Very good. Well so, done. It's all very good. Yeah. Give us an anecdote of your time at Demon. What's your what's one of your one of your lasting memories of being at Demon? Uh, I think one of the first ones I did was dial a pizza show. <laughs> That was that was mad um, because we didn't even know where the pizzas were coming from or if there actually was a pizza. Um, but it was the show sponsor, I think. I think me and Belinda actually did one of the first ones. Then me and Grandage did a... What did we do? We did like a gossip show. And there wasn't any gossip coming in, so we just used to make it up. Hot gossip? Yeah, hot gossip. And we just used to make it up. And that was just basically me and Grandage just having a bit of a laugh. Um, and then I did the big cheese build-up <laughs> on a Saturday. That's what I was trying to remember. I'm sure you did yeah. like a dancey thing. Big yeah, big cheese yeah. build-up. And Brilliant. then on a Sunday, I did the the disco dark hour, which I think was between 9 and 11 or something, which was not, oh. just just basically a come-down from the weekend. <laughs> Steve, I think I spent Steve. most of my time crying. <laughs> <laughs> <Steve>. <laughs> I think we all been out Friday night, Saturday night, and then Sunday <laughs> evening sat in a container playing old <laughs> disco hits. Oh, you were so you were so well cast on on the radio schedule, Steve. Like the big cheese build up. Wow, that's just you, isn't it? Yeah. That was you owned I that. That was that was <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to think what time. I'm sure that was something seven till nine seven or something. Seven till nine it was. I remember. I just literally used to just walk straight out of the thing and straight into the union for the big cheese. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at least he got a free ticket uh, but um, well no Rob, Rob got us passes made so we yeah, could get free uh, we did free. we did didn't yeah. We? Yeah. we had Demon FM passes we're not supposed to mention that alright <laughs> you, you used to we make were working. free passes Rob I've still got my lifetime membership card are you saying it's not valid yes <laughs> also, also another little little treat I used to do was because uh, I had a little office inside just inside under the stairs Does everyone remember that yeah, 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 yeah. yeah totally <laughs> Yeah. I, I used to, along with Simon and a few others, we used to just wait for a gig, yeah. lock ourselves in the room <laughs> without tickets, yeah. and, then just, and then just appear up the back fire escape and on and yeah. in we went. People, people are fascinated uh, in the in the in the current form of demon that there's an actual there was an actual office for demon mm. media, and they literally can't believe that. Because well, it was in, like a combo office of their of their newspaper and and the radio yeah. station to begin with. Yeah, and um, it was chaotic. It was just, or you know, I don't. I was trying to this morning. I was trying to remember like what time I used to get to work and stuff because I don't remember no. ever not being there. So, like, I'm sure I must have woken up there a few times. And yeah. and also because there was a bar upstairs. You know, it was quite easy mid-afternoon to go and get yourself a pint 
Uh, and people and people could could smoke in the building, which now feels absolutely ridiculous. But obviously, you could. So, office is quite a loose word. Yeah, it wasn't really an office. It was more of a no, space. Was. An it extension was of the bar. It was also also if you think about it, we we had branded um, matchboxes. Now we had Demon FM branded matches. Yeah. I mean that's that dates mm, that's, that's over time. <laughs> I That's think I still pyromaniac's have dream. <laughs> Kathy still has some. <laughs> Just the whole box. <laughs> Unused, obviously. We had, we had the car stickers. We had all of it, didn't we, going on? Kathy, you have to introduce a song for Demon FM. So if you could, mm. that would be amazing. This song, I remember going into before I was going to present a show, and this would have been probably a guest slot on Dial a Pizza or something like that, because I seem to remember it was an evening. And the people who were in before us were just finishing and they were playing this song. And I was so, I'd never heard it before and I was so excited. And I was really excited to be on the radio, to be involved, to be doing all this really cool stuff. And, and you kind of had this feeling of being a bit special as well, because not everyone got to do it. And we were like a proper little gang of special folk. I heard this song and I was like, I absolutely love that. I'm going to play it all the time. And I still love it now. Um, and it's, um, you and me song, I'd want to die. For me, what Demon FM taught me was, in a, in a, just in a sentence, is that you can do anything. Anything is possible. Uh, and thank you, everyone. Um, I'm just going to quickly play um, some so that you realise that I was really bad and you should never oh, no. be in the first place. Oh, no. More music. More music. More action. Yes, Michael Jackson and Man in the Mirror from his album Greatest Hits History. Rather cool CD it is too, even if I do say so myself. <laughs> I'd still like to hear from a few more listeners though, because I'm convinced that everyone's down at Crystals and Zoots, you know? Anyway, we're going to step back in time a bit now, eh, Rob? Oh, that's a good idea, yes. Let's, spe- let's step back in time. Let's st- step, step back, back, in, back time. in time. And that, especially that man with the white beard, he's always good for information as well. 31 minutes past 7 o'clock and a big fat hello to Tony and Russell who have just phoned me up. They're actually at the moment near the market. They're cleaning out that old uh, baker's near the market if you know it. And um, they're working hard and they're going to work all night and they want me to say hello. And the next one's for you, mates. Demon FM. I won't be using you in gently anywhere tonight. For I have the flu. But with me I have my associate and dare I say friend, Chris Horrell. Chris, what have you got for us tonight? Well, that was Lauren Garnier, a bit of souffle, tops. And you've got Sarmash, the blessing, coming up. <laughs> Paparazzi. News. Gossip. Sport. Gossip. Interview. Gossip. Listen to Paparazzi. Weekdays, 4 till 5. Only here on 107.6. Demon FM. Yeah. No, no, Leicester is uh, a dump. Um, <laughs> sorry, no. <laughs> sorry, Leicester. No, Le- Leeds is beautiful city. It's at it. We're going to be playing. Um, Can you beat Linda's clock? <laughs> In three minutes. <laughs> so f- ah, got it that time. Oh. Banana. 
Listeners, it's Leicester's student-only nightclub. Lager and bitter are only £1.25 before midnight. And don't forget, doubles and mixers are also only £1.25. It costs £2 before 11.30 and £3 after with one of our colourful flyers. Remember, no entry without NUS cards. And on Sunday to Wednesday, we are open to students for private hire. Come to Bananas at 68 Humberstone Gate, Leicester for a great night out. The news is about four seconds away, and um, I'm filling in like mad. <laughs> Bye. The Student Radio Network. News on the hour, every hour. There you go. <laughs> right, black bread. Black bread. There's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack bread. there. I appreciate it. It certainly is. <laughs> but I felt I, I couldn't leave us without playing that. We actually entered into the Student Radio Awards. I do apologise. Was that our entry? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We win. I can't we believe we didn't win. No, it's strange we didn't win. And I, I think it took us five years to win. Um, but we weren't there then. All right, Steve, so you've got to pick a track maybe from your um, Big Cheese build-up or from your time there. This song was just absolutely massive and I still love it today. And whenever I hear it, I just have to stop everybody and just say, whoa, listen to this. This is magic. And it was the Bucketheads, the bomb. <laughs> These sounds fall into my mind. But it was, it was just such a great song because it was a, a major dance anthem, but it had a real proper old school disco vibe. Uh, and it just, I don't know, I still love it. It's still getting to my top 10 anywhere, I think. Cause if I, you're going to wrap it up, can I just say, it wasn't all um, sweetness and light. I reckon uh, Addy still owes me a double um, LP from Atletico that he nicked from my car. <laughs> 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 also i just like to say before wrapping it up that if you if the main reason why i set up the student radio station if you want the honest truth was to get every single record company in the country to send me free records <laughs> <laughs> which you did and I, can i can i just make one point as well that when the first license went down i was actually no longer a student i graduated in the summer with rob and Rob said to me, oh, yeah, at this right. radio station, come back to Leicester. You've got to come back to Leicester. So I came <laughs> back to Leicester and we, we sort of built, helped build the uh, studio and everything. And then uh, I wouldn't say he gave me a job. He let me go on the radio. I mean, my, gra- my graduation picture is with you, Steve. I'll have to send it to you. It's hilarious. We both look ridiculous. Was there anybody actually a student on this radio station? Because this is starting—it's starting to become quite apparent that there was a theme going on here. <laughs> I, I was, but the funny I thing I was, was my sabbatical was um, uh, during my placement year, so I hadn't graduated. But I, because I was education exec, I was on the stage at Robin Steve's graduation. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my one was—I had, I had three. Right. One. Ah, three. No, no, I'm not going to choose three. three. One was Fast Love by George Michael, because it reminds me of John Bowne. The second one was Prince Gold, because I... Well, 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 roll back a minute. Fast Love reminds you of John Bowne. Not the video, just the song. Yeah, um, let's let's be clear. <laughs> it, it, it's what it is, right? Is when when you hear the intro to Fast Love, it's all about the the first few bars and then bringing the mic down just in time for the. It's all thing when you're driving in your car. Come on, talk, talk, explain it over the track. Go on, put it on. Find it. Put it on. And my final one was going to be 
uh, Highest State of Consciousness by Josh Wink because oh, oh, yeah. I, can't, I can't not hear that song without thinking of all of you guys because it is <laughs> literally a And actually, classic. I would like to say it might well have been Addy that introduced us to that song possibly or <laughs> maybe Dave Chambers or someone like that, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah playing it a lot. And that was that just took on... Wasn't it a jingle? Didn't we use it as a jingle? Yeah. yeah. We use it as a jingle as well, yeah. We had, we had about six jingles in that first <laughs> one, and they just got overplayed and overplayed. <laughs> we only had about six. Really, really lovely to see you all again. It's been a very warm experience in uh, both metaphorically and physically. Um, really nice to see your faces. I hope somebody can unpick all of this and make it into a, an hour of decent radio, uh, and let's do it all again soon. Uh, let's not leave it 25 years. Because uh, I'll probably be what? We're not that? making it. We're not doing the fiftieth. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm, Why I'm not? Just, Pencil I'm, it in. I'm calling it now. I'm not bothering. <laughs> I think this has been quite emotional, actually. Uh, if I'm honest, um, to realise that we were part of something that we were just doing, but was probably quite pioneering. And there's not that many times in your life that you are properly pioneering. <clears throat> so it's been quite emotional. Um, I think. The one thing you didn't go around the whole room asking us what what one lesson we learned from it. I think the one thing I took from Demon wasn't anything professional, because I haven't gone to a radio career or or anything in media because I was never going to like some of you have. But I think what I take from it is friendship, and 25 years later to still be friends, to still have my best friend from university as someone who kind of demon brought us together is amazing. I think looking at, I really enjoyed looking at all of your faces listening to that montage because it brought back so many memories and I actually didn't recognize my voice to start with. I think it's gone down a few octaves. When you hear your voice, you're like, oh my God, that's, that's what we were doing. I know it sounds weird, but because it's so surreal, isn't it? We're all on Zoom, we're all in different parts of the country and we're coming together to reflect on something that we haven't really, we've had a, well, actually, I wasn't at the 20th anniversary, sorry, guys, um, I couldn't make it. So I'm really enjoying this reflection because actually I really admire all of you. I think that you were really, you were really inspirational to me, but you were, you know, you showed me how to set up something <laughs> and to do it, you know, so thank you all because honestly, you're, you're, and I take, you know, I totally get that with Simon with the friendship thing, you know, we can sit here and, Honestly, I think, God, you've known me with the Blue Peter badge on. You've known me with the weird clothes. And I've known you all with your funny things. And then you all put me up. <laughs> you put me up on your floors. You're amazing. So honestly, thank you all. You're just awesome. So, uh, Addy, uh, final thoughts? Uh, pretty much echoing what everyone's been saying. It's been a lovely emotional trip back down memory lane. And it's rejigs things that are stuck in my brain somewhere but I haven't thought about or realized I was still there so um absolutely been wonderful kind of journey for myself uh I have to give a big my big mention to Dave Chambers because the one specific my memory is rubbish but one specific thing is I met Dave at the radio station like he was doing a show and was just finishing and I was the one going on straight after and we'd never met before and we literally clicked in the minute in between changing over and um, he's still a massive friend today. So just echoing a bit what Simon says. So also, yeah, we should do an actual face-to-face -face physical reunion. That'd be great. I'd love to see all of you there. That'd be fantastic. But and have you got my athletic code, Double LP? 
<laughs> right. So I'm gonna have a little look. I know it was a red and blue cover. I know I totally remember. I totally remember now. <laughs> it's just a bit that it was yours that I don't remember. But nevertheless, I believe it's fine. I will dig it out from the shelves. I will dig it out from the shelves and have a little look. Um, I know what person I was before I became part of the demon family, and I know what person I am after I became the demon family. Uh, before that, I was very kind of shy. I was, funnily enough, I was very, very shy. But becoming part of this 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 thing, I came out of my shell and became something more. But at the same time, when you've got the likes of Rob, who was very much anti-establishment and was very clear he was anti-establishment, something which resonated with me and something which still resonates with me today. It, it's um, it, it formed something quite strong. It's, I don't think a lot of people, if you try and talk to them about what being part of a, a, a fandom member of a, of, a, of, a, of a student radio station was, people won't understand. And it might be different in other universities, but I know at this, this it became something more than just uh, you know, a collective amount of people. You're all great, amazing people. And I feel quite honored to be a part of that. Well, I'll just say that um, it, it, I felt a privilege that I was welcomed by everyone. So, you know, it, it, when it first started, and seeing some faces here that I've not seen for so long has brought back some memories, even from like other bars, Nine Bar, or wherever we've gone and met onwards. And uh, I, I felt really, really honored being asked to join you guys. And again, I told you it felt so professional. And, it, and being on the radio, I wasn't at all, could it help me do other things in the business? So, if you, without you guys giving that confidence to get the microphone, I don't think I've done any kind of radio stuff. So, no, awesome. I'm really proud of you guys. Thank you very much uh, to all of you for being here this evening. I know it's it's one of those things, or should I say today, uh, depending on what time we play it out. But it's uh, one of those things where um, it is quite unique for a group of people to be somewhere in 1995 and 25 years on, still be able to have such a great connection and so so lovely to see uh, your faces and, and hear your voices it's been brilliant um and rob i, I know uh, we've said it a lot but you know thank you for for being bold enough to actually go out there and, and make that happen in the first place uh rob martin um final song choice uh for the uh, show well i guess it has to be manic street preachers design for life because that was the one that i played at the end of the first license just before i had said pint poured over my head Oh no, is it over? Well, don't worry, because if you head on over to Demon FM Podcasts on Anchor, you can listen to all of our other podcasts, as well as keep an ear out for any new episodes. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and more. Go on, have a listen. I support you.